0: Welcome back to The Bag Drop. I'm Matt Considine. Today we are joined by Chris Montagano. Chris is the tournament director for this year's Web.com event taking place right here in Chicago at the Glen Club, the Evans Scholar Invitational. Chris is a PGA professional who took his passion for running fun and entertaining club events into the world of full tournament operations for the world's most talented golfers. In this episode, we touch on Chris's introduction to the Chicago golf scene, the immense talent currently playing on the Web.com Tour, and the Upcoming Evan Schuyler Invitational happening here on May 23rd through 26th. You're living in, up in Gurney, right?
1: Yeah, just south, just south of there. It's like it's like 25 minutes from here, so it's not bad. You've been to Six so Flags yet? No, no, <laughs> they, I'm sure they, no cl- they close in the winter, right? I mean, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, yeah, I hope. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, I actually i have never, but that's been up why there. you live up there. Right? Ne- I was Let's never like a big roller coaster in. guy, you know. I was uh you know um i don't like heights and i do not like falling so i've i've been on a few roller coasters in my life like my we went to, for as kids we went to um a couple times to cedar point and i went on uh, i think the probably the biggest roller coaster i've ever been on is the old original gemini which i mean you guys are young right i mean yeah. I you're 33 what? okay so we're, yeah. we're we're closer than i thought so um i'll be 35 this year but uh um it was an old wooden like one of the original Cedar Point oh, yeah. um, roller coasters. And so I went on junior Gemini when I was a kid. And then I was like, all right, I'm doing that one. Cause it doesn't, it doesn't go upside down. It doesn't do any of this. And you know, it was uh, you know, I'm just not a, like, I hate that. I, I don't like heights. I don't like, um, you know, looking at my, I started to look at some apartments for my wife and I to, to live um, full time. And a lot of these have like, they don't have like these patios, you know, they're just like these little kind of, and I'm just like, it kind of makes me a little nervous to sit out there and <laughs> be like, okay, I'm eight floors out. And, you know, so. But the, yeah.
0: the uh, I, I first, my my world, I always thought Sear Point was just an Ohio thing. Because, mm-hmm. you know, being an Ohio sure. kid, like we would go every summer and it kind of forced <clears throat> you into being. Sure. A, you had to like roller coasters, I yeah. guess. But then, you know, you move outside and everybody's making pilgrimages to sure Cedar Point. It's big, Some deal. Of the biggest,
1: big deal. Biggest, fastest
0: rides in the world. I just
1: remember thinking the demon drop was the most insane thing I'd ever seen in my life. And I remember they, they, there was like an urban legend that if you put a penny on your knee... When you go down that it would that like because of the force it would like it would literally just go through your head. Just through your head, right? I'm just like, Yeah, I'm not going anywhere near that thing. Yeah. That's just good. If that if that if that's (laughs) all it takes is a penny, like what else can go wrong? Yeah, I can see how that would
0: stop a child from enjoying roller coasters. And I'm just like
1: I mean, I I don't like I mean I don't like dropping at all. I mean, it's just, you know I don't like like jumping on a trampoline and you kinda get bounced up in the air and you're just like way higher than you (laughs) expected. It's just like like, I
0: just, I mean, I just, you know. So golf became your roller coaster. You, you, sure. You ended up
1: playing golf for yeah, your- Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Keep myself on the ground. Your enjoyment, right? Yeah, so absolutely. It's, let's talk a little
0: bit about Chris <clears throat> from that standpoint. So you've been- yeah. wh- How were you introduced to the game? Where'd you get started playing? You know, it's
1: it's, it's an interesting story. I was a baseball player growing up. I, my brother and I played a lot of sports. You look bit. like a baseball player. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, there's something, I don't know what that sure. means, but you <laughs> look like a baseball player. Yeah, so my brother played a lot of stuff growing up, and then- um, I settled into baseball and basketball. He he did similarly, um, but he was he was better than I was at baseball. He played college ball at Butler University, um, but I played baseball growing up. And then we, uh, my family moved. I grew up outside of the South Bend area, and then uh, my family and I moved to Northwest Indiana right before high school and uh, I was just looking for, you know, a job. I had played minimal golf. I had uh, had a grandfather that bought us, my brother and I, set a set of like junior clubs growing up, and, and we played a little bit here and there. Um, you know, I was, we were athletes, so you, you could figure it out a little bit, and played baseball. It's not that much different, um, but uh, when we moved, I kind of went out and started looking for a job, and there was a new golf course in the area, and I'm like, that'd be interesting. I'm kind of, was kind of, for whatever reason, I really don't remember why, but I was looking to get more into golf, you know, and, and, uh, um, <clears throat> you know, couldn't afford to play, you know? So I said, well, I said, if you go work at a golf course, you play for free, you know, those types of things. So you get some privileges. So I went in, uh, to this golf course and the, the pro told me that they were, they were full. They weren't really looking for anything. And I walked out and had a conversation with my mom and, um, you know, I walked back in and I said, Hey, what if I, Just helped you out and you just let me play golf. And he said, Okay. He said, I've got some clinics and you can pick balls and pick the range and things like that and help me with some clinics. And he said, You can play golf and use a range. And within a few weeks, he hired me full time and worked at this golf course throughout my high school career. And um, instead of playing high school baseball, I decided to play high school golf. And so my first ever competitive round of golf was my first high school match. And so Kind of fell in love with the game, you know. Really enjoyed playing it. I was a range rat. I was uh, if if I had one regret about it, I used to just beat balls. And then if you know the the way the range was situated, you could you could you could hit some balls and then go play one and two and three. Kind <clears> of <throat> one went away from the range, two came back, and three kind of ran alongside of it. And if I wasn't like one under i went back to the range because it wasn't good enough you know so um you know it was one of those things where just i was like striving for perfection on the range and i tell kids that i teach now that it's just like go play golf learn how to get the ball in the hole you know because one of the things i did is just always trying to find this perfect swing it just doesn't exist it's about trying to find the way to to get the ball in the hole without you know being perfect all the time you know and that's what the tour players do so well but anyways um So I kind of started to fall into golf when I was there, you know, just love being at the golf course. You know, my mom would drop me off and I'd be there all day and she'd come and pick me up at night. So if I worked in the morning, I'd go play golf or hit balls all day and, you know, vice versa, you know, and then do that. And even if I wasn't working, I wanted to be at the golf course. So, yeah. um, became a really cool thing for me. I loved it. Um, you know, you love the af- aspect of just the people that you meet and, um, <clears throat> you know, being outside all the time. It's great. And then, uh, decided to go to Ferris State University uh, and get into their PGM program. So professional golf management, um, went there, did some really cool internships. It was very fortunate. Um, worked at Arcadia Bluffs in Michigan, uh, Elkona Country Club in Northern Indiana, and then worked at Pinehurst uh, to wrap it up. So, um, Ferris State, yeah. the, the cradle of sure. uh, PGA professionals. Absolutely, had, I
0: think I think you are probably uh, one of <clears throat> many of our guests that attended Ferris State. Sure, it's sure. The, the yeah. pipeline.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I know you talked to a lot of golf pros. We've so talked to. Dave Schmaltz up at Exmoor. Yep. Uh, Schmaltz he's a he's a he's a uh, he's a fair stater. So he, yeah. was, he was there when I was there. So one of the best.
0: Yeah. So as that kid, you were you were that Ranger at you. Yep. I, I love. you know, I think so many of us were. Sure. And especially our age bracket. Absolutely. You know, you you started to get uh, access to things like like lead better was big in our day yep. as kids, yep. and and we all were kind of looking for that perfect swing. You know, we sure. wanted to swing like Tiger. We wanted no to swing doubt. like Adam Scott. Or you yep. know, it all kind of Uh, followed the same suit. Um, But it is funny. I think so many people our age get that realization that it's about playing an actual game and you got to go out and uh, score the ball.
1: There's no doubt. I mean, as as you get older, I mean, you know, when I was a golf pro, you know, out of college, you know, you, you were at the golf course all the time and, and you didn't get to play as much as you wanted to, but you were rounded enough where, you know, you give a lesson and you've got 10 minutes before you got to be back in the shop or 10 minutes before your next lesson, you can hit, 15, 20 golf balls, and it's just like it's enough to kind of keep you – you know, loose and kind of keep that, that swing. But, you know, as, as I've gotten older and, and I spend less time around the golf course and when I'm on the golf course, I'm not anywhere near picking up a set of golf clubs right now, but, um, Well, you got your, you you just, your, you got your, your trailer right out here it, next yeah. to the driving range? Well, it, it, it's, it's, it's funny. It's, I, I got asked I, I got asked to play golf this weekend. I don't even have my golf clubs. They're still in DC. So I'm, I'm heading back there and uh, I'll bring my clubs back when, when I come back. But, uh, but yeah, I didn't even think like the weather would be halfway decent enough by the time I Went to DC and back again. So, but no, it's just, you know, you just, as we get older, you just don't play enough golf. And, you know, it's it's nice to have the ability to kind of scrounge it around a little bit. And, you know, even if it's a little ugly, not feel like you're going to go out and shoot a million.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, whereas it's like, you know, when I was in high school and, and even in college, it was just like, it was just striving for like hit every shot perfect. And what I wish I would have done is just tried to, you know, said, okay, I missed a shot, missed the green, let's get it up and down, make par, move on. You know, Boris, it's just like, I was just always trying to get, you know, be perfect. Yeah. And, you know, have you read
0: Golf is Not a Game of Perfect? Yes. Yeah, Bob, yeah. Bob Rotella. Yeah. That's so yeah.
1: good. I've actually had a chance to play with very fortunate. Uh, I've had some cool opportunities in my life and, and very fortunate about it, but I've actually had a chance to play with Bob Rotella. Okay. Uh, very, very interesting guy. Uh, unbelievable short game. And when you meet Bob Rotella, he is, you would never guess. He's the most unassuming guy. Like, vis- Like, you just see him and you're like, this guy's going to beat me at golf, you know. I mean, it's just and he he what you know he's obviously he's, he works with Phil and, and and those types of things. He's got some great people that he's working with and um, you know kind of a little short game guru. But he 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 hits some shots that I'm just like didn't see that coming. You know, it's just he's a, he's a cool guy and a lot of stuff there. Um, a lot I love of good stuff
0: because that, that that backs <clears> up the point that uh, the game is 90 percent mental but sure. a particularly short game is seriously mental so when, you, when you have one of the world's <clears throat> best mental coaches yeah. with a good short game yep. that tells me that i should probably focus on my mental game
1: yeah mental game is short game i mean there's no doubt i mean i've i've uh um, so he, one t- of he took you of. to the cleaner yeah, it was okay. It was okay. I played in a member guest down in Florida, and uh, he was a guest of somebody in our in our flight, and so we played nine holes with him. And I think we beat him, but I mean, he just he, based on how he was hitting the golf ball, it was closer than it that it maybe should have been or what I would have expected. But he just he, he he got it up and down from a couple trash cans, and it's just you know it was it was a lot of fun. He's a great guy, and um, you know, really you know, a pleasure to meet him. But uh, yeah, like I said, I mean, just hit some shots around the greens and I'm just like, what? Seriously? <laughs> yeah. So, but, uh, you know, for a guy that's, you know, in his sixties at the time, you know, and it's just like, okay.
0: That's how you can get it done. Yeah. There's so a lot of ways to skin a cat. Yeah. Uh, I, I'm very interested in, in your kind of transition and entry into the tournament world. Sure. You know, now being a, a championship <clears> throat> director throat> and, and doing what you do, yeah. um, for, you know, the Evan Scholar Invitational coming up here at the Glen club. But, um, but after you, so after you graduate Ferris State, mm-hmm. you, you get a couple internships. You're in the PGA profession. What was the the transition from PGA professional sure. to tournament operations, tournament director? Yeah, I mean that's that's you know it's golf related, sure. but it's a it's a big jump. I, I'm yeah. curious how you got there.
1: Yeah, so I mean it's funny. So my first my first boss in, in high school, um, the golf professional at the club I worked at, he he told me I was nuts when I said I wanted to get in the golf business. He said if you want to play golf, you know, all the time, don't go be a golf pro. <clears throat> and there's there's some validity to that. I mean, the golf business is not, you know, especially as you get into the assistant pro and the in the head golf professional, it's not as glamorous as it, you know, sometimes it looks, you know, from the outside looking in. I mean, I get a lot of people that when I was a golf pro there, and I still am a PGA member, but it's just, you know, it's just, oh, you must play golf all the time. It's like, well, it doesn't really work that way. So, um, but no, it was great. I, you know, I had a great time at Ferris. You know, my first job out of college was at at Sycamore Hills Golf Club in Fort Wayne. And I had a boss there, Tim Frazier, who, who offered me a job when I was very green and probably wasn't super qualified for the position. But I was young, I was excited, I was moldable and I was just like I'll do whatever you want me to do. I just I want to I want to be want to be an assistant golf professional. I want to be around the club. It was a fantastic club, you know, Nicholas Signature, you know, top 100 at the time. Um, it's fallen out since, I mean, there's just so many good golf courses out there, but, um, but no, I had a great time. It was there for six years and then just got to the point where, you know, I was just, I wanted to be on the other side of the counter, so to speak. Um, you know, I had a very cool opportunity to work in New Zealand when I was at, um, when I was at Sycamore, uh, spent some time at Kari Cliffs and Cape Kidnappers, you know, two of the most unbelievable places you'll ever go. But I was just kind of one of those things where I was just starting to experience some things. I was starting to get older. Um, you know, just a time commitment to being a golf professional, you know, from sort of, you know, March first to November first in the Midwest. You're, you know, you're working 70, 80, 90 hours a week. And it's just like you're just you don't get to spend time with your family. You don't get to spend time with your, you know, kids when you've got got them and things like that. And it was just like, you know, I wanted to do something different. I would much rather I was kind of looking at this thing where I'm like, I'd rather be a member of a club and be that be my connection to golf. And so I had um, made a decision after six years of Sycamore that I was going to leave. Um, I had a couple members offer me a job and I went to work for a member doing uh, sales uh, or selling liability insurance in the sports and entertainment industry. And it was, uh, you know, I, I doubt that, that, that my boss at the time will hear this, but it was your, your it true, was, your
0: two true <clears throat> passions,
1: insurance oh, yeah, and golf. absolutely. Right, absolutely. go together no. hand in hand. So, so <laughs> I, it was, it was, it was not fun. I mean, it was just, uh, it was, uh, it was not a good fit for me and, um, but through that, I was writing liability insurance for a lot of golf tournaments. And, and I started working with a company called Bruno Event Team out of uh, Birmingham, Alabama, writing some, some policies for, their, uh, for some of their tournaments. They run about 8 to 10 golf tournaments across the, across the country and into Canada. So we wrote a, a number of policies for them. And I got to know their, um, their, the president of their golf division quite well. And um, <clears throat> I got a call out of the blue. They were involved with a Web.com Tour event that Western Golf was the host organization for at sycamore hills where i used to work and he sean called me up out of the blue and uh he said hey we're we're working with western golf on this event we're getting ready to head into the second year of a three-year con or the second event of a three-year agreement um but as we look towards year three the tournament director that we have in place it, we're gonna we're gonna move on from him and i said okay and he said, so there's an opportunity for us to 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 bring you in if you'd be interested and I'm like, I don't even know what that entails, but it sounds awesome. So let's talk. So I went out to Sycamore, met with the guys from Bruno. We started talking about it and, um, you know, we uh, had an opportunity to, to do that um, and jumped on board, kind of went in with both feet. Uh, it was kind of a unique situation, too, because the, the title sponsor that was in place, we knew there was a chance that he wasn't going to renew after the third year, which would basically leave everything up in the air for, for me, you know, kind of this one year deal. Um, so ran the event. Um, I think it was a great event. We, we grew it from the, the previous year, which was great. Um, but, um, uh, got a chance to start meeting with the Western golf guys a little bit more as we, you know, I was a brutal employee, but working very closely with Western golf. And so, um, you know, I had a chance to meet with Vince Pellegrino and, and John Kaskowski during the event and they s- kind of asked me what my plan was. And I said, well, it, you know, it doesn't look like our title sponsor is going to renew. So, you know, kind of, You know, back to square one for me. And they said, well, we'd like to, if you'd be open to it, you know, coming on board, you know, with Western Golf. And so um, accepted a position uh, doing sales and business development for the BMW Championship, is how I started. Um, And then uh, transitioned uh, eh, about a year in uh, to do the, was a tournament director for the Constellation Senior Players up at Exmoor this past year, Last year, yeah. and then now the tournament director for the new Evan Scholars Invitational. So it's been a bit of a whirlwind. Um, it's been a ton of fun. I mean, I if you asked me, you know, when I was in college, if I'd ever not be a traditional golf, you know, club pro, you know, I would have told you you were crazy. But I just people ask me all the time. I mean, even when I was doing insurance, I'm doing now. I get a I'll get a call every once in a while and just say, hey, did you see this this job's open? And I'm like, I'm just there's just not it would be very, very difficult for me to go back to that role. It's just, you know, there's no doubt. I mean, there are weeks, you know, you know, as you get closer to the event, you're working longer hours, you know, you know, two, three, four weeks around tournament, you are there, you know, kind of all day, every day at the club, but it's, I'd rather trade, you know, four or five weeks of that versus, you know, your entire summer, you know, all the good weather, you know, but you know, now it's, it's been great.
0: similar is, you know, running a tournament for the sure. WGA or running a tournament for the PGA Tour, Web.com. How similar is that to the member guest at Sycamore Hills?
1: <laughs> it's interesting. Um, you know, it's it's there's there's a lot more involved, obviously, with a with a tour event. Um, there's just a lot more details. Um, you know. We but were, that was, went, I mean, uh, up until sure. the, your, your first <laughs> gig as a
0: tournament director, I mean, you went that's straight big, into it, right? yeah. you just you, So oh, you, yeah. prior to that, you, you were really yeah. just organizing the outings and the oh, yeah. events at a club. And I,
1: and I love running. The, the, the two things I miss about you know which, which one of them I get to do all the time is, uh, the two things I miss about being a club pro uh, is I used to love running tournaments. I mean, there's member guests is great. When you come in, you put in the work, and you have these guys come in, and they have a great two, three, four days, and just they leave. And it's just it's one of the few weeks where you can work at a golf course and no one complains. <laughs> it's just these guys have a ton of fun you, you just, they're, they're enjoying themselves They're with buddies that they've played in these member guests for years and years and years, long-time buddies. They don't get to see each other very often. They bring them in for these events and they just come out and have a blast. Um, you know, that was one thing. And the other thing I miss teaching, I mean, it's, it's, uh, it's, there's, there's not much, there's not anything better really for me in, in the golf world. You know, when you, you work with somebody and something clicks and you get to see that, that hit that shot and things start to work in the right direction. You know, the, the, the time that you're putting in, you know, start to work. Um, and then you kind of see that face, you know, you hit that shot and it's like, all right, this is what we've been working for. But, um, but no, I mean, running the member guests is, is great. I mean, there's a lot of similarities, but at the same time, it's just, it's such a bigger scale. Um, you know, we were talking about operational things. I don't have to worry about porta potties at the member guests, you know, I don't <laughs> have to worry about, you know, building hospitality structures at, at the member guests and, you know, we've got I'm not, you know, uh, you know, I, I, I've i always been more on the sales side of, of things um, on the tournament side. But I'm I'm really trying to get more into the operational side. But we've got, um, you know, we've got a guy, Patrick Timpson, who works on our team. Um, he heads up operations for the BMW Championship. And he's I mean, if I had to guess, I mean, he's probably the best golf tournament operations guy that there is. I mean, I mean, no joke. I mean, the guy is unbelievable. He sees stuff. In a way that I just, I'm just like, I, I, I don't, I'm not there yet, you know. Yeah. And so he's been, he's been fantastic helping there, you know, from that. But I mean, we don't, you don't worry about security, you don't have to worry about porta potties that a member get, you know, those types <laughs> yeah. of things. So it's, or it's or, just, or like, twenty parking. twenty thousand. Have to worry about parking, exactly. Parking exactly. You know, parking and 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 how. Although I would like to see
0: be. our our like member guest, I'd love to get twenty thousand people out there and just see how our guys play. Sure, you know they're probably, <laughs> they're nervous enough with yeah. the five dollar Nassau they got or whatever. Oh, I, I could love, I would love to see what they do with twenty thousand people standing, <laughs> you know, <laughs> right on top
1: of well, them. You get nervous enough. I mean, like like our pro am during tournament week. You know, our structures are built like we won't, you won't have a lot of fans and stuff out watching, but you know, just you know. <clears throat> Depending on how big our build is, you know, you look at X More Country Club last year where we had the senior players. You know, we had a huge two structures built around the back of the 16th green, and then you know, uh, you know, a lot of hospitality built around the 18th green as well. And it's just like even with nobody in it, like you get this weird feel. Yeah. Like you're like this is, you know, I'm a part of something pretty cool, even though I'm I'm, I'm playing in the pro am. Yeah. You know, and there's you're part, you're you know, part maybe the there's a handful of people in there watching it, but it's just like you get you kind of get a little nervous knowing that. You know, there's some people watching you. you I I, I think
0: that's what I I wonder why I watch uh, as much golf as I do, and and why I even why I go to uh, see professionals play. And I think it's always my um, admiration for how they perform with so many people watching, sure, and and how they perform just under pressure. You know, they're playing for um, you know total purse is what like five hundred fifty thousand for the for the Evan Scholar Mm Van, and you know for a young guy. That's just getting his career started. Yeah. A lot of unknowns. That's it's incredible how they can perform on a stage. Yeah, you know, and that's, that echoes for any no sport, doubt. but in particular, being a golfer and that you can go out. It's yeah. it's a totally different game yeah. when you when there's nerves involved.
1: Absolutely, and you can see. I mean, <clears throat> I'll jump in and kind of talk about you know Web.com Tour players a little bit. But like you said, I mean, they're playing for. You know 550k which i mean at the end of the day like if you compare it to what these guys are playing for on the pga tour i mean it's 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 like it's almost pennies I mean, it's, <laughs> yeah. it's, it's 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 crazy but you know for these guys grinding it out trying to make that next step i mean it's it's like life-changing money that allows them to keep chasing their dream and it brings them one step closer to being able to make it on the pga tour but i mean you look at some of the purses these guys are playing for you're looking at maybe 1.5 four five six million dollars 1.4 um you know something like that but um, the th- the crazy thing is is these guys on the web.com tour are playing for 550,000 then they're coming out on the PGA tour and they're playing for, you know, a million, 1.1, 1.2 million um, in these tournaments and they're winning immediately. You look at a guy like Cameron Champ, he's the one that everybody was, you know, kind of all over, you know, out of the gate. I mean, because of how far he hits it, but, you know, made his way through the web.com tour, graduates this past year and then immediately wins the Sanders Farm Championship. It's like Okay, nerves is, is one thing, but it's like the difference between playing for five hundred fifty thousand and one point, you know, or whatever, you know, eight and a half million dollar purse or seven million dollar purse, you know, the purses are significantly bigger. But these guys are getting uh, trained on 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 the Web.com tour to know that they're the best in the world and they can compete with anybody. It's just they want that chance. So going through these Web.com tour events, it it, it prepares them in a way that, you know, you talk to these guys on tour, they all say, if it wasn't for my experience on the Web.com tour, I wouldn't be as prepared as I am. And, you know, a lot of that has to do with kind of, you know, going through you know you're you're kind of living week by week some of these guys are yeah. and if you get that breakthrough win and you get that you know 90 or 100k paycheck you know as opposed to 1.1 1.2 million on, on the tour you know that allows you to kind of give you that motivation to say all right let's just keep climbing the mountain we're going we're going to get there so yeah that's it's
0: a true development tour opposed to what probably used to be and, and they're so closely, they seem to be more intertwined than they, sure. than they were. No doubt.
1: I mean, and, and that's the thing. One, we get to people all the time. And, and, and when I talk about it, I always say it's like seeing the band before they were big. You know, you don't know who these guys are yet but you know that they're great, there's a ton of talent there. It's just, it's a matter of time before you know who they are. You look at, we're using some promotional stuff right now where we're using current players on the PGA Tour and we're kind of tying it back to their web.com tour days, you know, what years they graduated. But you look at guys like Jason Day, Cameron Champ, Bryson DeChambeau, Justin Thomas, Xander Shoffley, guys that are all top 10 in the world that in the last, you know, five or 10 years, graduated from the web.com tour so the talent i think i think they say three out of four every four players is is from the web on the PJ tour is from the web.com tour so like i said it's it's you know we have a unique view of it because we host the western junior we host the western am we've seen these guys grow up and now we get to see them on the web.com tour level before sending them off and it's only a matter of time before they're playing the bmw championship you know so um you know that said, I mean, there's just – these guys are unbelievable. You know, I get a lot of people that will say, you know, oh, it's like minor league golf, and it's like, no, no. And that is that is as far from the yeah, truth as possible. I mean, it, at the end of the day, I mean, it, these guys are PGA Tour players. I mean, for all intents and purposes, besides the fact that they don't have a PGA Tour card, I mean, these guys are just as good as, as who you guys see on a weekend, week-out basis on PGA yeah, Tour.
0: And and the I've been to a few web.com events, and, and the um, it's apparent – to you that these guys are so darn good oh. and it also makes you appreciate how good the PGA guys cuz it becomes so marginal yep. at the very top yep. like to take their games that you know half stroke it's not that
1: much of a difference it's incredible it's, it's 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 wild i mean every year if you look at you know statistics at the end of the year i mean the difference between making it and not making it is so it's so razor thin it's unbelievable and it's it goes the same way on the web.com tour so it's just you think about <clears throat> The top 25 guys at the end of the year um, used to be money list. Now it's a point system. Uh, but they, um, um, you know, top 25 automatically get their cards. And the other 25 are kind of, they. once you qualify for the, the playoffs, the web.com tour finals, um, there's 25 other cards up for grabs. So, you know, you get 50 cards every year. It's just not that many, yeah. you know, versus, you know, we'll have a 156-player field, so, you know. You look at it on a week in, a week out basis. There's only 50 guys out of that 156, plus everybody else that has conditional status and is trying to play and PGA Tour Latino America and the Mackenzie Tour up in Canada. And it's just there's so many guys trying to make it, 50 of them every year. Get wow. It. And then you you know you don't play well enough, you just fall right back into this into the grind. You know, so.
0: So who, who are you you know looking forward to May and uh, and the event here at the Glen Club? Who who are you excited to see play?
1: You know, it's a good question. We've, we've had some really good, um, you know, we've had some really good ties back to the Western amateur days, you know, Dylan Meyer, um, you know, has played well in our event in the past, um, uh, events in the past, uh, you know, guy like Maverick McNeely is, is a, uh, is a big name, um, you know it, it'll be interesting we've had a couple uh, sponsors exemptions of some really good names um, you know you got a guy like uh, Nick Hardy who's a who's a local name here um, you know we were kind of hoping uh, Doug Gim was gonna join us but i I'm, I'm hearing that he may have a sponsors exemption to play in a tour event that week mm. at the Colonial um, due to an award that he won um, but you got a guy like will Zalatoris who just reached out you know looking for um, uh, uh, sponsors exemptions so you know there's there's so much good good talent i mean i really haven't paid much attention to our field right now we have they do reshuffles so um you know every periodically throughout the year so basically what happens is the points get reshuffled based on your your performance uh so if you've got conditional status you have a chance to get full status based on you know how you're playing so you know i haven't taken a, a long hard look at it yet um but i mean there's just there's just so many good names i mean it's just yeah, I mean, it's hard to
0: say, <laughs> and they're all great players. Those yeah. are some some good names that you mentioned, yeah. though. Just in terms of, uh, I think fan interest. Like sure. I, I, we we had some college coaches on the podcast to talk about, um, you know, some of the best college golfers and how the college game has mm-hmm. has changed so much. Uh, but like Dylan Meyer. To me, is you watch his game, and you don't necessarily see the the Cam Champ style of sure. just you know he can roast a golf ball out there and has right. a phenomenal wedge game. He's got like this complete all around game. And he's just a little guy, right? You know, and I just I just love watching those guys because I get a little bit more appreciation for the nuances of, yep. of a game and how mm-hmm. how he's you know everyone talks about distance. You yep. know, this morning we were listening to the debate of uh, you know is the long ball just owning the game? But you look at a guy like Darren D- Dylan Meyer yep. and in. He's got this all-around game. He's going to compete at the highest level. Oh, absolutely, like, he is so stinking good. Yeah. uh So yeah, I, I think that there's there's a lot of diversity in the mix yeah. of of playing styles coming through the web.com. Sure.
1: Yeah, and there's no doubt. I mean, you know, you look at you know the the event that I ran in 2015 at Sycamore Hills was called the Hotel Fitness Championship. First year we had it, Trevor Immelman won. Okay, so it's a finals event. It's a hotel. It's, a, it's, a, it's one of the playoff events. It was the first playoff event. So you get...
0: A young up-and-comer, you, Trevor. Yeah, Imler. absolutely,
1: absolutely. <laughs> Former Masters champ, you know. Hitting but it's the just, Sasquatch get, driver on the... Right, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so, so we get, you know, you get um, players 125 through 200, basically anybody that lost their card off the PGA Tour, plus players... Um, uh, one through seventy-five on the Web.com Tour side, so you got a nice field. You got a bunch of guys, names you recognize from the PGA Tour, who've lost their card, and then a bunch of you know up-and-comers on the Web.com Tour. And so, first year, Trevor Immelman wins, which that was the first year they had the, f- the Web.com Tour Finals. So it's like as a first-year event, new sponsor, new club. I mean, you really couldn't script it any better to have a name like Trevor Immelman to say, "Hey, like this is what's going on in the Web.com Tour right now." Um, you know, but then, you know, year two, uh, we had Bud Collie win, who Bud Colley. I mean, if you're following golf, you knew who he was. He was a standout at Alabama, you know, great player, uh, really good as he's, he, you know, I kind of keep in touch with him a little bit. He, he's a guy that is just, I feel like it's only a matter of time before he breaks through. Um, you know, he had uh, some uh, shoulder issues once he won, at, right after he won. So that kind of delayed his start on the, on, the web doc, or on the PGA Tour. And then he was in an awful car accident last year. Where he was, uh, uh, he was leaving a golf tournament or something, and he was uh, sideswiped or something, where he had, you know, ruptured spleen and the whole deal. So he was kind of out of commission for a while. But he's come back. He's playing really well. And then in year three, the year that I was there, we had a guy named Henrik Norlander win, which I'm just like, who is this guy? You know, it's I. Swede, right? He's a Swede. Yeah. Great player. Beats on it. You know, and he won. He won by like three shots and kind of kind of laughed the field, but like. He was rolling one day and made, like, triple bogey on a hole. But he just, like, he just goes to seven. He was on 16, so he goes to 17 and 18, whatever. I don't know, birdie, birdie or whatever. I mean, he was just lighting it up. But I'm just, like, looking at his scorecards every day, I'm like, this guy is just torching this place. <laughs> you know, but, I mean, the guys are so good. It's just, you know, it a, you know, it could be a Dylan Meyer. It could be a Nick Hardy. It could be a Doug Gim, But at the same time, it could be some some guy that you've never heard of. That yeah. All of a sudden, he just catches lightning in a bottle. I mean, if you look at the scores these guys shoot on the Web.com tour – you know it's just you know if you're not shooting you know 67 67 you know it's a good chance you're not making the cut you yeah. know and it's just like to think that you got to shoot 8 10 under you know over 2 days to just to make the cut it's like i mean it's yeah. just wild it, it, it's wild
0: it's uh it's another level yeah. and um the, the these young guys too they just have so much little fear as yep. they go out and mm-hmm. just um they go so low. It's yeah. just... You so
1: talked cool. about the size of the players, too. Um, you know, uh, You know, I spent last year out at Sunset Ridge for the Western AM. And, you know, all these college kids, like, not a lot of them are super big. And really, at the end of the day, like, not a lot of tour players are that big. Yeah. You know, they look larger than life on TV. Like, Rory looks like a big dude. Tiger looks like a big dude. But I've stood next to them. They're not... I mean, Tiger's maybe six foot. You know, Rory's probably five eight. You know, but it's just like they're not big. But the way that they... You know, the way fitness has kind of evolved the game right now, they can do so much with these sort of smaller packages, if you will. Know. <laughs> yeah. You know, but, uh, but yeah, it's 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 wild. I mean, the guys, they hit it so far. But at the end of the day, like, it's one thing to hit it far, but to be as precise as they are with their irons and their short game and their putting, it's just, you know, it's I, unbelievable.
0: I can't wait to uh – be watching, you know, the Masters uh, pregame coverage, and <clears throat> Brandel Chamblee turns to Trevor Emmelman, and Emmelman's like, "Well, it reminds me of the Hotel Fitness Championship I won at Sycamore Hills."
1: Absolutely, no doubt, no <laughs> doubt. Oh man, yeah, it, was, it was great. Yeah. He was he was a really good champion too. He spent some time with the members. He did a champagne toast. He was great. But you know, to take a guy who went from winning the Masters to literally not having a tour card and not feeling like you know what this sucks i'm not you know i don't want to be here i don't want to play in these finals you know trying to get my tour i could go back to south africa and just you know chill yeah. as he comes out grinds it out and wins a golf tournament
0: i actually find those people so much more interesting that lose their game and mm-hmm. bounce back so he, sure. he's a great example and that's why I'm, I'm i haven't really watched much of his coverage now that he's you know one of the analysts on golf channel but uh, I'm hoping that he brings a little bit of that, like what does it feel like to lose your game, it, it you know completely, which is yeah. pretty much what happened to him, sure, and then bounce back and, and go back through the ranks, like you're saying on the web coms. It's just uh, it's different take than somebody that's just always been good and always going to be good.
1: Yeah, absolutely. There's no doubt.
0: So let's let's talk a little bit about the event. Sure. Uh, I don't know. I should probably <clears throat> share. It. You know, I have some event expertise myself. Uh, I was a an intern. So, 2005, okay. I graduate school, and well, I was still in school, um, but I got a job with IMG. Okay. You know, I was kind of watching Jerry Maguire, wanting to be a sports agent. I think is what my uh, pipe dream was. Sure. You know, I get to hang out with a bunch of celebrities and, and professional golfers. But um, they put me on events, okay. and so I get uh, shipped off to New Rochelle, New York, and I'm doing the HSBC Women's World Match Play Championship. Form. Okay. And uh, I bring all this up because I can appreciate how hard it is to get all this stuff sure. to come together for you know thirty thousand fans yep. for over 500 volunteers like yep. there is so much that goes into it that sure if you were just to show up at the gate and walk in yeah you're not gonna appreciate any of it because you're just gonna be
1: like yeah you know there's some tents over here there's sure <laughs> but it's a lot it is. It is. And the thing is, we've got, I mean, Western Golf, our tournament team is so good. I've been very fortunate to be a part of it now for just a little over three years. But we've got, you know, everything. I mean, from, you know, everybody that we have on board, is just um, the ability for them to just kind of get stuff done, you know, is it makes – You know, my job as a tournament director a lot easier. You know, I just I love working with the the people that I work with, and it makes it a lot easier. But um, but no, it's it it can be difficult at times. It can be a little overwhelming. You know, you're trying to you know get corporate support and support, uh, you know, sell pro-am spots, and you're trying to sell hospitality, and um, you know our on-course marketing and branding opportunities, and we're trying to fill volunteer spots, and we're trying to work with vendors, and you know everything's kind of it kind of ebbs and flows as you go. Whereas you know you're telling a vendor, hey, this is what we're going to build, or this is what we need and then it's like okay well actually it's going to change because you know we sold more hospitality than we thought or hey the pro-am sold out you know so you know all these people that were wanting to get in the pro-am it's just like you know there's all these moving parts that just keep moving until tournament week and then you know the tour comes in and all of a sudden the tournament flag goes up and then it's over and you're like what just happened you know <laughs> so it's 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 a lot of fun i it's i like enjoy a party it. in a lot of ways it really is it's 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 just like throwing um you know to, to relate it back to being a golf pro it's like it's like throwing a week-long member guest with a lot more moving parts but then it's just it's just over you know it's just it's weird um you know i tell members and and sponsors and, and people that get involved with the event i'm like you know, especially members at the at a, at a host club like the Glen club and, and the membership's been really supportive so far um they're pretty excited about it really excited about it um but i always tell these people i'm like you're gonna want to be involved and if you're involved you're gonna want to be more involved because when this is over now, granted, you know, we've signed a four-year deal to be here, so there's a chance to get more involved next year and the next year and the next year. Um, <clears throat> but with some of our events, like the BMW Championship where we move it around or senior players that it was a one-year deal at Exmoor, I tell people, I'm like, you're going to want to be more involved because it's going to be gone before you know it, and you're going to be like, man, that yeah. was really cool, and I wish it would have came out, you know, two more days or whatever. Um, or would I get, wish I would have got my company involved or I wish I would have bought a Pro-Am spot, you know. Um, it's a it's a cool deal, you know. I I have a very cool job. I am very fortunate, and uh, like I said, I work with a great group of people that that we you know we put some. I feel like we put some really good events on. Yeah, I so, mean
0: the the WGA too. I, some of the things you've been saying, I've been thinking of how unique an organization it is, where you know, arguably the greatest amateur event in the world or most sure. competitive that. You know, yeah, Western Junior, Western Amateur, I and mean, yep. and all that feeding into the professional events that the yep. WGA runs. Mm-hmm. But this one's a little different, right? I mean, having Evan Scholar Invitational in the title in the yep. core <clears throat> purpose of this event. Tell us a little bit about how that's been different for you. And
1: it's and been it's been great. Um, you know, when we were approached by the tour to host this event, you know, when Rustolium decided that they weren't going to continue to host their event up in Ivanhoe. Um, you know, we jumped on board, you know, kind of with, with both feet. Um, you know, when, when Vince and, and, and John, you know, met with the tour, um, you know, we obviously knew that we didn't have a title sponsor, but we, we said, let's just we call this thing the Evan Scholars Invitational to so allow us to get some support from the alumni directors, um, friends of the program, people that are affiliated, leadership council. Um, you know, and it was one of those things where calling it that is is not only creates... Great awareness of it, but um, you know it—it—it—it ties some things back to the to the scholarship that I think are important to people. Um, And with it being a Web.com tour event, you know, compared to a PGA tour event, you know, our price points are lower. It's—it's not—it's we know it's not a PGA tour event. It is in terms of the players and the talent that's out there. But we know it's not, you know, a massive, you know, it's not as big of a ticket item as, a, you know, getting to see Rory and Tiger and Justin Rose and all these guys play in the BMW Championship. So we've priced it in a way that we want people to come out. You know, we don't want, you know, we you know tickets are $10 a piece. You know, it's easy to bring your family out. Um, come out and enjoy some great golf. You know, our pro-am spots are very affordable. Um, you know, and the pro-am that we have is a uh, your entry fee into the pro-am is a direct donation to Evan Scholars. So we wanted to get the scholars involved, and we know that a lot of the scholars, especially in the area, I mean, we have a massive, you know, uh, group of scholars in the area, but a lot of them are young. And, you know, to say, okay, well, you know, uh, you know I can't afford a, you know, 200 three hundred dollar ticket, four hundred dollar ticket to the BMW Championship. If I want to buy any upgraded ticket, um, you know, we wanted to have something where it's just like, okay, come on out and see this event. We're raising money for Evan Scholars. Yes, we know it's not you know as big of a ticket item, but we want to create this, um, grow this event to a big community event. We want to grow it around the Evan Scholars Foundation. We have an opportunity to you know, it, it, with the title of the event being the Evan Scholars Invitational it just creates that awareness around the scholarship where, you know, the BMW championship, obviously we've had a great title sponsor there, um, but you don't, uh, you know, being the Western open as it was for years, you know, now we have that, you know, that corporate piece there, you know, and so now having an event with, you know, Evan Scholars right there in the title has been fantastic in terms of initiating conversations with people, especially alumni, directors, people that are familiar with the program. And they're like, well, "What's this about?" And it gives us an opportunity to tell the story a little bit more, and then you know, get people involved. You know, because it's just it's it's right there in the title. Right. I mean, that's I, what felt so unique about it when I heard it was
0: announced is just you know, the PGA Tour is massively into uh, charitable sure. fundraising, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and they advertise that. Um, a lot, but having the, the the core title sponsor also be that charity, be yep. that foundation, yep. I think is really cool. And uh, you know, maybe our many of our members will be familiar with uh, with Evan Scholar Foundation uh, through some of the stuff we do. I sit on the leadership council, and we we do some fundraising for them. Uh, we have made some donations, things of that nature. But uh, but for those listeners that aren't, I mean, sure. the, it is a scholarship program that does a ton for kids.
1: Absolutely, there's no doubt. And you know, as a as a golf pro, we had a caddy program at Sycamore Hills that. I saw kids earn the scholarship. Now to be a part of the organization that that is giving out those scholarships is allows me to see it in a couple of different ways. Where you know you get close to a couple caddies at the club and you see them earn the scholarship, um, as opposed to just being you know on the organization that's that's putting them out. But um, but yeah, so the Evans Scholarship is a privately funded uh, scholarship program uh, that provides full uh, full tuition, full housing scholarships uh, for deserving caddies. So uh, it's an amazing program. Um, we we uh, the selection process is fantastic. Uh, we host these uh, selection meetings throughout the year, sort of the final step uh, to find out if these kids get get meeting get the get the scholarship. And so we get a chance to sort of meet them and sort of a meet the press type of scenario where we get to ask questions. And you you learn the stories about these kids and and and, and the hurdles that they've they've had to overcome and the, the adversity that they've they've battled. Um, you know, and if it wasn't for the Evans Scholarship, a lot of these kids you know probably wouldn't go to college. And 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 to be Like I said, running golf tournaments is awesome. It's great. I love it. But to know at the end of the day, you know, as we're as we're kind of closing the the chapter on each event every year and and looking at, at, at the at the sort of the financials and saying, Okay, we just you know, we just contributed two scholarships, three scholarships, four, whatever it is based on your bottom line, you know, knowing that what we did, all that work that we did, yes, we put on a great event, sponsors were happy, volunteers were happy, the club was happy, but at the end of the day, like, we've got this chunk of money that's just going to help kids go to college is, is pretty cool, and it's, it's super rewarding, and it, it motivates me every day, you know, doing what I do. So. Yeah,
0: it, it, it's, uh, you know, I, I got involved with it just from... Uh, my, my enjoyment of taking caddies on sure. a regular basis. Mm-hmm. And, and even your story of, it's, yep. you know, you wouldn't be where you are right now if, if you, that guy wouldn't have given you that, sure. that free labor for yep. a little bit of golf, right? Yep. And in a lot of ways, you know, caddies, it's just a great intro to this game that teaches yep. you so much and um and through the leadership council i got to go to my first selection meeting that yeah. you're talking about and, and i was moved to tears yeah. I, I wasn't it's, expecting it's it I, I go there and i you you hear how hard these kids have worked how much yep. they've put in not just you know making their loops making their money um but but to make their grades yep. and really going for this scholarship yeah and then they ended up getting it and they're standing there in front of everybody you know t- telling their story yeah i mean i i was i was so impressed by these kids yep. And, uh, it's just something fun to support. And that's why, I mean, another great reason for folks to, to come out to the tournament because it goes towards something that's really impactful.
1: And I think, you know, there's no doubt the tour has done a fantastic job in promoting charity. You know, every PGA tour event, web.com tour event, PGA tour champions event, every event the proceeds all go to charity. So it's not, you know, a title sponsor get involved... I mean, I think there's a misconception that when a title sponsor gets involved, that they're they're making money. Or, you know, the club is making money. Or, you know, somebody else is making money. You know, and that's just not the case. I mean, every event is... Is is donating money to charity. The number is is massive. What the tour does, uh, you know, on a year in and year out basis. Um, <clears throat> but for our events to 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 you know keep funding, you know, helping uh, fund the scholarship is is super rewarding. And you know we try to send that message, you know, through our you know through our sales pieces and things like that, and tell the story and say, hey, just you know like yes, you're going to be able to entertain clients or yes, you're going to be able to promote your business. But at the same time, all the proceeds go to the Evans Scholars Foundation. This is what we do. This is what we're trying to do. Yes, we're running a golf tournament that's going to help you grow your business, but at the same time, you know, at the end of the day, we're we're raising money for kids too. It's great.
0: Yeah. So that's really cool. Yeah. Do you guys get any of the, the uh, Evans uh, Scholars? or Are they actually coming out to the event? Are they so we'll be-
1: we'll get uh, so traditionally we've had a lot of uh, you know current and past Evans Scholars um, uh, come out and caddy in the pro am. So we'll have a walking pro-am on Wednesday. Uh, we, we traditionally get a lot of those, uh, you know, again, current or um, uh, alumni come out and caddy uh, in the pro-am. Additionally, we've reached out. I've, I've been working through a, a big prospecting list of a lot of our alumni. Uh, a lot of them are gonna volunteer, I think just come out and support the event. Um, but the, the one cool thing that we've got going this year, we used to do this back in the old Western open days. Um, we're, we're looking to bring in uh, current Evans Scholars to caddy for the professionals in the program so it kind of gives the the pro caddy a day off you know a little bit so they'll come out walk and do their work uh, but they don't have to carry the bag so we've current Evan scholars in school coming out and caddying for the professionals which we got to do it at the senior players last year it was a big hit the guys loved it um caddies loved it and uh you know again the pro the pro caddy gets a chance to kind of take a day from carrying the bag and, you know, just kind of walk the golf course and interact and, and things like that. So uh, we're looking to implement that again this year and uh, we're pretty excited about it. So, That's you know, trying cool. to get as many, yeah, alumni, current Evan scholars involved as we can and, uh, you know, continue to, again, tell the story. So,
0: yeah. Great. Um, back to you and your golf game Oh and what everyone wants to talk about, right? Their own golf game.
1: <laughs> so yeah. you're, you're, uh, you're a new resident to Chicago. Sure. Uh, officially, can I say officially? I, I guess you can. Yeah, yeah. I'm kind of living in temporary housing until my wife gets here, but yeah.
0: And you've, yeah. you've been running stuff from DC for, for quite a while, but now yeah. you're, now you're here. Mm-hmm. What, what, what are you looking forward to for your Chicago golf? Is there a, a, a you mentioned being a member. So are you yeah. looking at, you know, is there a club that's pulling at your heartstrings right now? Are there I, there's, that you want to play for? There's so much
1: good golf here. I've, uh, again, I mean, I'll, I, I've been very fortunate to do a lot of cool things. I haven't played a lot of golf in Chicago. That said, my current list of golf courses that I've played is pretty good. <laughs> so I've, I've played Olympia, Medina Three, um, Conway Farms, Exmoor, Park Ridge, and Shore Acres. I think that's the only golf courses I've played in in Chicago right now. That's a good list. It's not bad. It's <laughs> yeah, not bad. It's great golf. But I mean, just looking at where we've hosted the amateur, where we've hosted the junior, the just the old. I mean, the go- There's. I mean, I always laugh when you like because I spend a lot of time on Google Earth for operational things because it gives you a bird's eye view of the golf course and everything. So and do it's I, just, I, like but just you- as a
0: complete golf geek. <clears throat> right, but you
1: would <laughs> When you zoom out, it's like golf course, golf course, golf course, golf course. They're everywhere, right. and it's just like they're all good, yeah. you know. So. I've got a, you know, I'm having dinner with a guy tomorrow night that he's a member at Old Elm, and he keeps saying we got to play Old Elm, we got to go play, and I'm like, okay, so I'm just like looking at the North Shore, and he's just like, all right, I want to play Old Elm, I want to play on Wednesday, I want to play Skokie, I want to play, I mean, there's just so many, Mm -hmm. it's just it's you know like i said I'm, I'm i'm fortunate to be in the position i am and and uh, you know hopefully get an opportunity to play some of these these great golf courses and just you know learn a little bit more about the history of you know some of the places here and, and i mean you've got just some of the oldest golf courses in the country here in, yeah. in the area so
0: and it's uh it's always fascinating me because we are we're spoiled rotten mm-hmm. you know there's just so much good golf around here and uh, it's always fascinating that it's also one of the flattest places. Sure. You could maybe visit yeah. in the US being, you know, yeah. central Illinois. Yeah. And uh but yet the, I, it goes back to the history. You yeah. know, the WGA being founded here probably had a yeah. ton to do with uh with a lot of that history yeah. and a lot of these venues, but uh, the architects that have just passed through Chicago's just awesome
1: i mean i didn't even mention butler or chicago golf club oh you, you i mean missed, i want to go play i want to go play this, dude, this little so nine hole hidden place gems that i know. I
0: am so excited to, to uh, i know you to. i know like I, you are,
1: <laughs> i want to go play this little this little this little nine hole public golf course is built on the dump over there off willow road which one it's 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 like um what the heck is it called
0: i think we just drove by today i'm yeah, trying to it's, remember it's,
1: it's it's like it's like east of costco there's oh. like a golf course built on an old trash dump. See, there's that. T- there's yeah. that stuff too. I just want to go mean- play, because so I think it looks great. But I mean, there's yeah. like, a, like I think there's. Um, uh, there'll be a Monday qualifier for this event, and I think there's some Stonewall.
0: Uh, stonewall Orchard. Yeah. Yeah.
1: And then there's a at White white deer run or something like that so they're playing they'll play it at two golf courses but i was talking i didn't i know what they were and i was talking to a colleague and he's like oh yeah you should go check those guys those out they're pretty good yeah so i'm just i'm not a you know i've been very very spoiled and i've played some very very cool places um but you know i just i like to go play different golf courses well that's that's
0: the other thing about chicago you mm -hmm. nailed it is that there's this uh this kind of meeting point of really good high-end public golf sure with you know your great historic venerable private clubs and then you got here just kind of quirky little mm-hmm. experiences yeah like i you know one of our favorites we go to is canal shores which okay. is over in evanston and uh you know just a community golf course sure. that's a hundred years old yeah and
1: it's like what yeah <laughs> Where, and then I, this place exists right here on the north shore sure you know? and the crazy thing is i haven't even played here yet at the Glen club oh you haven't played no <laughs> we were supposed to play You're working in i was supposed trailer to play every yeah, day. i was yeah, supposed but. to play last fall like two times we had we had some things set up on the books and and they fell apart and we didn't we weren't able to play but i mean this place i mean I, i'm really itching to get out here and play this golf it, course. the Glen's and, great i mean
0: yeah. i i uh everyone kind of says you know fazio courses are all so similar i actually think this is one of my favorite fazio courses i've sure. ever played um it, it it tests a lot of the game yeah. and it's it is beautiful yeah. like you can't deny the guy builds beautiful golf courses so it's a good walk sure you take a lot in but uh I, I'm, I, I'm excited to see the, the pros play out here yeah. too because i it, it defends itself pretty well i yeah. mean it's it's a it can it can stretch it's a pretty long golf course yeah. and um uh, it's it's one of my favorites. Yeah,
1: and I the golf course I worked at in high school is a Fazio, and so okay. it's it, it it kind of a little bit more linksy than this place is, but it, it reminds me a lot of you know what I you know kind of started when I started playing golf a lot. Yeah. It kind of reminds me of that a little bit. So yeah, uh,
0: I don't know if you follow the uh, the no lay enough guys. One of my favorites. A little bit. Yeah, Tron Carter calls Tom Fazio uh, the the cheesecake factory of designers which sure i mean it's I, I don't think it's insulting really i who doesn't have a good meal at the cheesecake factory well, sure. you know it's always consistent yeah. the menu has a ton of options ton. so I, I don't know if he means it well but i actually think it's yeah. it's pretty spot on and yeah. and good it's good golf yeah. like you're not gonna be you're not gonna walk away from a tom fazio of course disappointed
1: of the right. day yeah like you're, you're gonna say yeah that was good yeah yeah no there's no doubt i mean, and. and uh, you know a designer's ability to kind of adapt to certain terrains and things like that i mean it's just you do different things based on what you're given you know the piece of property uh, so it doesn't feel like every golf course you, you build is the same you know when i was at sycamore um you know nicholas facility i really kind of fell in love with a lot of things that nicholas does and really big fan of his short par fours i think some of his ones are just strategic where you got to you know, you just you can stand there and think, oh, I'm just going to drive it up there as close to the green as I can. But it's just like he he puts so much more into it, where you're like, all right, I got to hit, got to hit it this far, but I got to be on the left side of the fairway if I want to go at the flag. And it's just there's a lot of those things in, in his um, in his repertoire and things that he does um, that I've always been a huge fan of. So yeah, whereas I think, like you I know, I, I, like nothing against Pete Dye, but like I just there's like one Pete Dye golf course that I like, and I'm just like I I, I just. I stand on the tees at his places and I'm like, I just want to go home. <laughs> <I> <laughs> what just, do I do here? I don't know where to hit it. I don't know how far that bunker is. It looks like it's really far away, but it seems like it's probably right where I'm going to hit it. You know, and it's just, I don't know what it is about Pete Dye. Nothing. I've met him. He's, I met him and his wife. He's from Indiana. I'm from, Indi- we've, he's through a lot of stuff with our section. Um, and uh, you know, fortunately obviously, his wife passed away recently. She was a great woman and great for the game of golf. But, but I just I don't know what it is about his golf courses. <laughs> but like, there's literally like one golf course that he's designed that I really like. And Which it's, one? It's, it's it's a Woodland Country Club oh. in Indianapolis, and it's uh, it's in Carmel. Um, but great, great golf course. And but I just you know some of the other stuff he's done. I'm just
0: yeah. I'm just, I I I've grown to appreciate Pete Dye. But I I went through those feelings too, where I was just like. Uh, very frustrated with his yep. his golf course, which I think is his
1: intention. He's just like diabolical. Yeah, I mean, he's just he does things. It's just it's just like I'm like, yeah. I'm not saying that everything has to be like right in front of you because I don't. That's not one of what I what I think. But it's just he he does some things on the golf course that I'm just like. <laughs> <laughs> you just, know, I think back to back to Nicholas. I I struggle with Nicholas
0: courses, but I think it's just because I've always hit a draw. Sure. And, and every, every, yep. <laughs> like you, I play his courses and I just feel like they always have uh, a benefit to hitting a fade yep. or a cut.
1: There's, there's, yeah, absolutely. So it's actually a funny story. Uh, it's Sycamore. The eighth hole is a signature. One of the signature, it's probably the signature hole on the front nine. And, um, <clears throat> the hole is a, it's a par four. There's a Creek that runs down the right side of the fairway. And then it crosses in front of the green a couple times. So it plays as a par five for the women. They drive it and then they hit it into this landing area that hit it on the green for the men. It's a longer hole. Um, longer par four, but the whole fairway slopes from left to right. And he has always said, I will never, um, you know, basically he came out and did a site visit and the, the, the original owner of the golf course had made a decision to move the tees from their original location on sort of kind of on the, basically towards the right side of what the fairway is to promote a fade to the left side to promote a draw. And so he showed up at the golf course and he stood on the tee and he goes, I made a mistake. And they're like, what do you mean? And he goes, I would never, I never have you h- aim it towards trouble and work it away from it. I will always have you hit it away from trouble and work towards it. So basically you stand on the tee saying, okay, if you're you know, a golfer, you're going to stand on this tee and you're going to hit it. You're going to aim it away from trouble and then hit a cut. And it's going to work back towards the trouble as opposed to just aiming it right at the trouble and hoping that you can work it away from it. Right. So, so you're standing there big group of the ownership the original uh owner who's very close with jack um he goes well jack i moved them he goes so what did you do that for and he's like no no these these have to be back over here and so they moved the tees back <laughs> <laughs> and it was just it was quite kind of comical but to, to your point you know he he wanted you to the, the whole was designed um to work, know, to work towards that. the trouble. Yeah, so, again, a left-to-right shot, um, yeah. more of a fade for the right-handed player. But, you know, the one thing about his golf course, especially Sycamore, is that the, the landing areas are so big. Like, I would agree, a lot of the holes set up for a shot shape, but I felt like the fairways are so big. Like, sometimes you can kind of just say, okay, I know it's supposed to go left-to-right, but I'm just going to hit, you know, right-to-left and, you know, yeah. see where it goes. But, yeah. Because yeah, so, yeah, I right. draw the ball, too. But, okay. Yeah, <laughs> so.
0: yeah some, some uh, PJ pros have just told me that drawing the ball is lazy. Oh, and I just won't. I just won't get over quick enough. <laughs> like I'm just letting my hands kind of do the rest. No, you know.
1: No. No. <laughs> you gotta have the. You know. If you want. to, I mean, you look at the guys on a tour. If you look at. They keep showing them. Um, a lot of Rory's shot trackers from uh, from. Uh, a, lot of straight, a lot of straight lines. A lot of straight. Sawgrass. A lot of straight lines. But he's. You know. He's. You can see. I mean. He's hitting. He's hitting right to left. He's hitting left to right. I mean. It just kind of depends on what the what the hole calls for. And, I mean these guys like i said i mean we go on and on about it but i mean these guys are just so good
0: we could and maybe yeah. we should just say that for the next time we get together <laughs> but uh no chris we we really have enjoyed talking to you man and yeah. thank uh, you thanks for thank for you joining the backdrop and yeah. uh what's the dates of the event out here yeah coming? so we're
1: uh we're may 22nd through the 26th um here at the Glen club pro am's is going to be on uh on wednesday the 22nd um uh Thursday through Sunday, the 23rd through the 26th, of the rounds of the tournament. We'll start with 156 player field. We cut to 65 in ties, and we'll crown a champion on Sunday. So we're really excited about it. Again, these are the these are the stars of tomorrow. You know, so I like this is a path to the PGA Tour is coming to Glenview as they, as as the, as the tour uses uh, their their tagline there. So we're really excited about it. Um, you know, really looking forward to uh, you know kicking this event off in 2019 and building towards 2020 and beyond, uh, and sort of continue to grow this event
0: so yeah and and uh you know as um it's as a, as a founder of a golf society like new club and and just having a lot of younger younger professionals and people that love this game sure. it's cool to see uh the web.com tour this close to downtown yeah uh you know a big sports town like chicago so we're, yeah. we're i'm excited you're here we'll try to get some folks out for it and yeah. uh and as as you know on the leadership council of the um Evan Scholar Foundation. Thanks for all your work, man. I Thank mean, you. You, you're doing awesome things that are going to impact yeah. a ton of kids, so, uh, so keep doing what you're doing.
1: Thank you. I appreciate it. I really appreciate the invite.
0: That was Chris Montagano, tournament director for the Western Golf Association and Evan Scholar Invitational. Thanks, Chris, for joining the backdrop, and best of luck as the stars of the web.com tour start rolling into town.